Hi, listeners. Uh, this is Future Heath. I'm editing the episode, and I wanted to let you know that we had more people on than usual this episode, um, which means that Skype was delaying quite a bit. We could not hear each other very well, and as a result, we sort of talked over each other and interrupted a lot. Um, just wanted to let you know what was going on there. Uh, we weren't trying to be mean to each other. Also, um, we used the original Skype recording rather than separate files, so if the quality is a little bit different this time, that's what's going on there. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and I will let you get started with the episode. Bye! Again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where we talk about Red Dwarf occasionally, if we find time, episode by episode. Longtime fans and newbies alike journey together into the darkest, deepest regions of space as we decide which seasons are worth watching and, you know, which ones are good, and then we yell at each other. But it's all good fun, um, especially when you get to episodes like this, uh, Series 7, Episode 8, uh, Nanarchy. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. Oh, yeah, Shane's not here. Let's admit, I'm, I'm a zombie, apparently, because I, I was dead. Oh. Oh. And we have lots and lots of special guests for you this time. Uh, y'all go ahead. I'm Nutty. Nuke Jess. I'm Tech. I'm Rosie. Woo! Woo! Actually, she's uh, Shane, but just decided to swap genders all of a sudden with no actual real backstory. There was scrolling text, but this is audio, so you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now yeah. The, this entire episode is going to be done um, at twice the speed and backwards. Um, so, <laughs> yes, uh, okay, well, yeah, Shane could not be here this week, sadly, so we are going to uh, soldier on here with some extra special guests, uh, both in the sense that they are extra special and that there are extra of them, um, and this episode, uh, was kind of amazing, I thought. Indeed. Oh, dear, we'll get to the point when when we get there. <laughs> Because I know which, I know which point you think is amazing. So we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Shall, 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 shall I give a rundown of what this episode is about? That is a great idea. Why don't you do that? I don't want. To. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Nanaki. As Lister tries to cope with the loss of his arm, his dearly beloved arm, the arm that he did everything with, Crichton searches for his nanobots. You know, microscopic robots that fix him to get them to rebuild the arm. In Lister's laundry basket, he finds out who stole Red Dwarf. And the ship is returned to all its glory. Ah! Except for one small thing. That's a good summary. Big thing. I thought it was one big thing. Yeah, one really big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we start out there, and, and it's kind of sad, poor Lister, having to, to learn the, to deal with the loss of an arm. And um, I thought, though, that for a two-person guitar team, that wasn't half bad. It's the best he's played guitar all the time. That's what I was going to say. It's an improvement. <laughs> That's possibly why he's even more depressed. <laughs> I wonder how long they had to rehearse that. <laughs> 
Um, Did you know though, about this episode? Right, sorry. To, I know I'm going straight in. I'm I'm being the Shane of the episode. I'm quite chuffed. I get to actually say a fact. This episode is written because Doug Naylor lost one of his legs in a car accident when he was young. Is really? that a fact? Aww. I believe so. I've just read it. I've just read it, so I'm guessing it must be true. It's on the internet. On the it internet, has to be true. So it's got to be true. Yeah. <laughs> it, right. If if it is wrong, then blame IMDb. Not Wikipedia. IMDb. IMDb can be wrong. I know. That. That's why I'm saying if it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Directed the voice of Chucky on an episode of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. So we watched an entire episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch to see Chucky. <laughs> Not there. Still blames me. That, uh, that, that, that sort of torture. I mean, you, you don't just put somebody through Sabrina the Teenage Witch without a, a decent reason. Wait, uh, so you're not going to guest on the uh, Sabrina like intro cast? I love oh, Sabrina you know, the Teenage Witch. <laughs> No, see, I, I was going to guest on the Clarissa Explains It All cast, uh, <gasps> latter cast, but... Salem cast. <laughs> or is that a charmed... No, no, Salem was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I know, but it, it was also an area where charmed was filmed. Oh, yeah. No, uh, that was uh, you're, you're thinking of diva cast. <laughs> So oh, Brenda, I think that sitting through an episode of Charmed is worse than sitting through an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It depends on the season, but yeah. <laughs> um, can I can I say an interesting fact at this point? No, nope. I am being Shane. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, so this episode was written by James Hendry, and I was just interested to know how many um, other shows you knew that he's written. None. None. Whizbit. No. Okay. <laughs> did he write uh, no vicar I'll not be going to Tottenham today <laughs> <laughs> no he did not uh, how, do murder- you know? how do you know I, I know uh, Oi. <laughs> he wrote murder most horrid who space cares? precinct who cares I don't care Russ Abbott show Meh. my hero Meh. which is terrible Meh. home again and Meh. after you've gone oh what a shame <laughs> is is home you again anything like? I'd say it to you though, because you're just taking a piss out of my accent, so I'm going to be a cow to you. <laughs> okay, you two. <laughs> uh, is home again anything like Quantum Leap? Nope. Well, then it's, it's, it's sad then. My hero okay. though is this. Oh, okay, we'll carry on. Yeah. Is my hero the one with Ardlo Hanlon in? It is, yes. Yeah, it's is it worse than to Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's not mm. the, the Sabrina scale. Because have you seen um, Father Ted? Yes, you have. Yes. yes. Would it be better with Godzilla in it? Yes. So Arthur <laughs> had Ooh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch would be better with Godzilla. And Chucky, for that matter. <laughs> and Arthur Hanlon. <laughs> no. Because he, he's crap. No, he's he, like, The only thing he's funny in is Father Ted. He's crap in My Hero. He's crap doing stand-up comedy, because I've seen him live. He's terrible. Which one is he so, in Father The Ted? only thing he was good in, Father Dougal. Ah, the dopey and kids. Doctor Who. He's in Doctor Who. Is he? Yeah. Oh. yeah he was one of the uh, crazy... He? Doctor Who. He, he was one of the... He was the crazy... You know, he was one of the cat people. When stuck they were, in traffic. When they were the planet that everyone was stuck in traffic, he was yeah. the driver of the car. Oh, uh, he was the... Yeah, that guy. Okay. We were cool. very excited when we realized it was him while we were watching the episode. 
Yeah. That was a weird episode. It was. So, back to Red Dwarf. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what's, what's, no, I, no, no. I have a question. It's awesome. I, I have a question. Yes. What's Red Dwarf? Go on. <laughs> it is a sh- Red Dwarf is a mining <laughs> ship. It's a planetoid. <laughs> owned by the Jupiter Mining Corporation. It is corporation, not company, Heath. Okay. I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah. Right now. Yeah. Right, that thing. <laughs> cool. Anyway. So, uh, they are trying to comfort Lister by li- listing the many, many uh, people in history who, with one arm that have gone on to leave normal making quote marks with one arm oh. lives. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. So, who was your favorite example? I was going to say that Kat's uh, outfit is amazing. Yes, it is. In this episode. Oh, uh, it was. I asked, uh, who was your favorite? Yeah, the, the Venus the, the Milo bit was nice. But then, like, the fact that Kachansky, like, just sort of very quickly had to accept that Van Gogh was <laughs> one <art. laughs> And Welsh. Van Gogh. See, though, I feel... Yeah, and Welsh, <laughs> yes. The Welsh masters. Van Gogh. Um, I feel bad, though, that they didn't... They should have thrown in Rick Allen, drummer for Def Leppard, one arm. Heck yeah! But had he lost his arm? The, had, he, had he lost his arm by the time when they filmed this episode? Yeah, because this was like ninety something, ninety eight. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he lost his arm in the eighties at some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should have just looked at the Paralympics, to be honest. Well, there's that, but yeah, and then and then yeah, they decided to count him, Dave Lister, as the fifth person. Oh, how sweet! That was soppy. It was sweet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, they were doing the thing that my students do in their papers. It's like I could give countless examples of this. No, well, give one. No, don't tell me how many millions there are. Really, <laughs> give an example. Uh, in today's society, since the beginning of time, there have been so many one-armed people who have Having given... arms has been important to the society <laughs> in which we live in today. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I love it. Oh, bless them. <laughs> but yeah, we find that Crichton is being... See, to me, it was almost like Crichton was like, oh boy, Lister lost an arm. Now he needs me even more, and I can be a mother hen to him all the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. mind this Crichton quite so much. For now. Yeah, overall, yeah, there wasn't the whiny thing. Well, they did at the beginning during the last time on Red Dwarf. Um, But yeah, they didn't have the sniping between him and Fancy. It wasn't as bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their chemistry was good. it, It seemed... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed to be more of a, a character growth rather than a sudden flip from mechanoid to whiny. I'm not going to say it, yeah. <laughs> but whiny, whiny, whiny bitch. Basically. <laughs> don't be afraid yeah. to say it. I'm not. I'm not. Don't be afraid to say it. All you have to do is just go. That's all I have to do. But I. It only took eight episodes for them to get it right. <laughs> Well, they would say not all the way through the episode, were they? Mm-hmm. B-I-T-C-H. Well, well yeah, I, I was going to say that the um, 
one thing I, I really enjoyed in this episode was that even though Robert Llewellyn is, you know, encased in this restrictive suit and the whole facial makeup, his physical comedy throughout was uh, was incredible and a mm. lot be- a lot better than than he was at the beginning. He was really growing into uh, into the character, and I I really enjoy episodes like this where you, you get to showcase that that level of physical comedy. Yeah, mm. I'd agree. That that's something he does do very well. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually notice it all that much when I was watching the episode. But yeah, reflecting back, so yeah, playing the guitar and everything, and then rummaging through the hamper. Yeah, point. <laughs> yes, yes. But even when you watch from yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, getting punched. Yeah. When you watch him doing, you know, I suppose scrap peak challenge and carpool and and stuff like that, he does pull off physical comedy very well. Don't forget bottom. It, Oh, well, I haven't seen that, so... Oh, I envy you, Rosie. I envy that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they talk a bit about tough love and about, uh, you know, maybe forcing Lister to, to be a bit more independent and, and cope with the situation. Uh, yeah, which, when you do yeah. suffer something like this, then you do get so depressed that you suddenly don't want to do anything. Like, you stop doing even the things that you're capable of, you know? Yeah. And what you don't need is someone there... Like wiping. Completely yeah. controlling you. And, and, yeah, exactly. White beauty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, this was interesting for me to watch this. My uncle actually uh, uh, had one arm. He lost an arm in, uh, in Vietnam. And so, there were just little bits and pieces, like when he was opening the candy... And he he was almost doing it right, holding the one end in his mouth and pulling the other. They're made uh, by twisting, and so yeah, that automatically unwraps it. So I have two hands little and touches I do that. like that. I thought <laughs> you do it when you're driving, exactly. <laughs> or you know, you drive with your knees. No, <clears throat> that's for when you're texting. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's a pet peeve, by the way. That's that's when you're texting and drinking coffee and smoking if you do that and then grading papers. Home. Yes, all at the same time. Listen, okay. The Red Dwarf intro cast does not condone any of these actions. <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of fun here joking about irresponsible driving, but there's nothing funny about car accidents. Oh, um, oh. you know. Do the do the Timmy thing. The Timmy thing. I can take my arm off. Timmy! Sorry. <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah, the old the old Waramps commercial. I I I am Actar, a robot from the planet Danger. I can take my I can put my arm back on, but you can't. So play safe. <laughs> fantastically, fantastically gory uh, kids commercial from the eighties in Canada used to play between the uh, the Saturday morning shows of this this really cool looking robot jumping through all these spinning blades and then he gets his arm cut off and then he puts it back on and he tells you that he can do it but you can't <laughs> and um, they played it they they did it again at the in the early two thousands and they did it all with CGI. And they've actually censored the the commercial where there's now a bright flash instead of the blade cutting through his arm. And you, 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 don't, see, you don't see any of the pseudo-gore anymore. Yeah, Canadian PSAs are really gory. This. They're horrible. And uh, for the three Canadian <laughs> listeners, uh, they're all laughing right now. <laughs> I do realize you two are two of them. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. We're laughing when we're listening. <laughs> I love Canada, um, by the way. <laughs> Please don't lynch me. <laughs> Canada's awesome. I don't think Canada is known for lynching. <laughs> no, but they're known for death by maple syrup. You know, if I had to pick a way to go. Well, case you were yeah. maple syrup, just like on and carbonate. <laughs> It's so sticky. <laughs> as well, far as that's how the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park were made. That's dinosaur. All of the DNA got stuck in the giant sap. And delicious maple syrup. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, as far as methods of execution, that one's pretty sweet. Oh, I totally forgot where we were up to. Um, um I uh, we. Uh, Tough love. Yeah, tough love. Guitar. No, we, no we, that. we were past that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we we get to uh, Lister and Cat talking and Cat <laughs> trying <laughs> to comfort question mark. You know what? The first time I watched this, I didn't really get what was going on. I could I didn't follow the cat's point at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was just being, you know, irritating in his cat way. And I thought, ah, oh, poor Lister has to put up with this. The second time, though, I realized what he was saying. I finally got that he was trying to be comforting by saying that you were an ugly dog to begin with, so losing an arm doesn't make you that much worse. Yeah. It, do you know the funny thing is, um, uh, Kajowski said this practically the same thing afterwards. Yeah. In, in, yeah, exactly. In the buggy. Yeah, the I, buggy. But and she didn't yes, even think buggy, of sparing what? his feelings. been the whole time. <laughs> What, that whole thing? It's been there for years. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Not just for so, seagulls. Anyway, the pit bull. Uh, I remember the time that they... Yeah, I think I heard Paul seagulls. I hate the bastards. Oh, right. He lives on the shore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They live in his chimney. <laughs> so, were they nariking or uh, squalunkling there? They were... Ah! Ah! So. They were rotuting. <laughs> ah, the rotuting squidookles. I love that part. <laughs> no, that's my the favorite moment of all of ritual. But. They only rotate when they land on the roof. Rotate, rotate, rotate. Yeah, so, get a gun, be. so my favorite part of that whole conversation with Cat is he says, "Losing your arm? Can you imagine?" And most are just like, I think I got a pretty good idea of what it's like. But again, that's so cat. It is. That is so cat, though, because it hasn't happened to cat, so it hasn't really happened. Yep. It's something that one would have to imagine. Yep. <laughs> oh, cat. Uh, and- I just love the fact that he's saying, like, yo, moo, yo, moo. And then when moo! You haven't noticed. Okay. You haven't listened to a word I've said. That was ace. <laughs> if I'm still in someone's court, there, I'm yeah. not sorry. <laughs> There's so many courts there. there are. There. Are. Um. So but, let's. See. Oh, but, uh, uh, sorry. I was just going to say. Well, he just sees himself as, uh, self as the center of the universe. So mm-hmm. nothing yeah. else that happens is going to affect him in the slightest. So all Unless, he can do is oh, I know something that will affect him. Okay. Is if you chop your arm off in front of him. Oh, yeah. true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's his fault. Kryptonite? Cabin? I don't know. 
Speaking of Blister's arm, is, does cat react to catnip? I'm sorry. Uh, go, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Oh, I, I would love to see cat react to catnip, by the way. Yes. But speaking of cat... We love his yeah. outfit in this scene, but uh, I know we're going to forget it later. Did you notice he's wearing the outfit Angela has in her picture later on in this episode? Yes. <laughs> well, that was discussed last week as well, wasn't it? Every time I see yeah, it, I last think week of Angela. He had that coat on. I'm like, that's an awesome coat. Yes. And I even noticed the um, uh, choker that he has on. Mm. Oh, I didn't notice. Is it a fish? Yes. <gasps> no, I think it's a heart. Oh. Mm. I didn't notice it. Yeah, I did notice he wears a new j- a jacket that I don't think I've seen at the end of this episode that's like sort of a brown gold yeah. uh, animal print, uh, different from the the black and white one that we sometimes see. So anyway, uh, Catwatch. <laughs> that's not, we haven't stole that. We haven't stolen that anything from uh, from a potential cast in a while. So we're going to have to, instead of Brawl Watch, we're going to have Catwatch. Uh, and just have a segment each episode where we talk about cat's fashion sense. Okay. I'll leave that one, Dylan. Can I say one more thing? Sorry. I had, I had to leave for a second. Um, but just no, a second? Just, yeah. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true to say that he does get impacted by things that are happening around him if it affects him. Yeah. But things like Lister mm. losing his arm, he's not going to have any sympathy for that. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's really tough, buddy. Where's my thing? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if he sees something, if he sees his arm being chopped off and it affects him, then, yeah, he's going to react. But I mean, what way does someone like, think he's cutting off her arm affect Cat? Because he doesn't want to see it. And because he's, he's in the room at the time. Yeah, but when it's happened and Lister's feeling bad, he's like, well, pfft. <laughs> yeah, but what, 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 what I don't get is how come he didn't feign when um, Crichton was chopping uh, Lister's arm into little pieces, but as soon as Kachansky's doing it, boom, has gone. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. I should have brought it up last week, shouldn't I, really? Um, is, I was going to say, wrong episode. Anyway, back to Chapters. Yeah. So they finish their game and they decide, yeah, it's time to go ahead and get him a replacement arm. And I love yeah, this next bit. It was nice, although I don't know, it went on it went on a bit long. It was one of those where mm. it was like it was funny and then it wasn't funny for a while, and then it kinda got funny again. Yeah. Because it went on for too long. But yeah, the whole trying to pick up the ball a bit. Can I and just- then I Totally predicted what was going to happen with the others, but can I just say with this with this arm bit, right? The very very first time I watched this episode, this arm fake arm segment bit had me nearly wetting myself. (laughs) I kid you not, I laughed so much the very first time I saw it because it was just the encouragement that Crichton was giving Lister. And, and you could see see how much work Lister was putting into doing it, and just to get a hand moving half an inch forward to grab a ball, but all that effort for me was hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to have to say something controversial here and say that I, I agree with Paul. <gasps> oh, God, and the, the world just spun end. off its axis. Who are you and what are you doing with the real Rosie? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And I, I'm not going to steal quotes again, but the punching in the face bit. Yes. Fantastic. I love it. What I was going to say, though, that, that was my reaction the very first time I saw it. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before I was rudely interrupted by Miss Agrees a lot, uh, <laughs> um, I watched it again recently, and I was like, "Yeah, it's funny. It's not that funny though." It's still pretty funny. You've yeah. become jaded in your old age. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having the same thought about you right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, the cool thing to me, though, is that they are actually like in the process right now of working on this very technology of using um, biofeedback to actually hook up prosthetics to the nerves, nervous system and, and make them work. And yeah. uh, they're doing some pretty cool work with it. They're doing quite a bit of that, actually, right where we live. And uh, I went to really? a technical conference where they were explaining it and what they're finding with some of the prototypes is... Uh, the the people using them are actually getting feedback, so sometimes mm-hmm. they can feel heat or cold. Mm-hmm. It's an un, unexpected side effect, so they're actually being able to recover sense of touch with a prosthetic. Mm-hmm. Mm. That blew my mind. Yeah, it's getting. Apparently, we're. I mean, we're wired as far as using semiconductors to conduct signals we're wired a bit more like computers than we would have liked to have thought <laughs> the the, ba- the base where i work yeah. actually has quite a few um uh lower leg amputees uh lower limb amputees uh, single and double that have actually uh with with the advances in prosthetics and uh, you know in intelligent uh intelligent reactive designs that they're actually able to keep serving in the forces and some of them have actually gone back overseas with one and two uh, artificial legs and uh, I have to say there is nothing more oh my god what a, a, a punch to the soul this was I was at the gym I was grumpy I did not want to be there I was having a bad morning my knees hurt I'm loping around the track and I get passed by a guy running on one leg and a carbon fiber spring as all of my excuses just fly out the window. It's like, well, if he can run by me on one leg, what the heck's my excuse today? Time to speed up. Uh, yep. Yeah. But fantastic stuff. <clears throat> Indeed. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then there's the, they're starting to use uh, like neural tissue to make computer chips, and that's a bit weirder for me. Um. Yeah, but because we have lots of storage space. There. Once we get the the ability to merge the technical and the organic, it's then bionic, and 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 you get the whole. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a bit stuck in the whole Western mindset of fear the technology. Oh, I embrace it. Embrace the technology. I look future. I look forward to my future robot overlords. Thank you very much. I will be your robot overlord, so be nice. Well, not necessarily fearing technology, but fearing uh, the hybridization of the organic and and the mechanical. Now, like, 
those fears don't come across quite so much in Japan, where they're like, oh yeah, cyborgs, awesome, I see no problem with this, let's make a an anime about, you know, happy schoolgirl romance, and they happen to be cyborgs, that's cool. Here, we're still a bit more put off by that, I think. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Okay, two-thirds of this call wear glasses. How much of you would yes. much prefer to have high-def eyes with telephoto zoom? I hear they itch. I don't care. I want them. I, 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 want, I want eyes with a zoom. Well, yeah. you, you can have your telephoto eyes. Here's the thing. Are they going to be hooked up to Wi-Fi, and who can hack into your eyes and decide what you see? Me. <laughs> Only I decide what I can see. Yeah, I didn't say they were hooked up to mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. I get to actually zoom in uh, and see and see in high depth. Great. Uh, and where else is that signal being broadcast? And who gets to see everything that you see? It goes to my brain. No. It's not Wi-Fi. This isn't but Facebook. It would be. I didn't Why install the app. How, how how are they going to uh, how are they going to um, update the update the uh, drivers? What drivers? It's just Zoom. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a had a camera like a digital camera? Now you have to hook up to your computer and update your drivers every now and again. Only to char- only I put my camera to my computer to charge it up. That's it. Well, I'm just okay. worried right. about the more eugenics aspect of it. Well, the right. people who are not um, uh, have heightened senses with the new technology suddenly become second class citizens. Techies versus normies. Hmm. Well, let's just all agree that it's magic and continue. <laughs> <laughs> you and your Harry Potterisms, you. <laughs> speaking, so, anyway. of, speaking of Move Harry on. Potterisms, you should... Back to you everyone, okay, fine. I was going to give Rosie a cheap plug, but no, I'm getting interrupted by Heath now. Fine. <laughs> Aboard the night bus, it's awesome. So, yeah, I'm on the latest <laughs> episode. Fine. <laughs> All right, and so uh, they're trying to figure out, since his arm is very face-punchy, how are they going to get him a new arm? And, oh, they're going to do it with nanites, because there's nothing bad has ever happened with nanites. The nanobots. Yeah. And how sad am I that it's not Lister's grandmother? Aww. <laughs> well, do you remember what she looked like? We've never seen her, have we? Yes. Oh. In the first episode with the dog. Picture of the dog. Oh, yeah. You know, glasses, hair nets, hair. Tattoo on her arm, pipe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look this picture up again. (laughs) She sounds awesome. Is it just Lister in a wig? No. He says, that's your grandma? No wonder you're so ugly. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, I thought I thought that was his dad. I thought that the, the no, picture with the dog and it was that was his, no, it was his grandma. Can't be his that dad. He's his own dad. dad. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. Oh, oh, oh. Well, he had he an did, adoptive dad. He didn't know that at the time. Um, I still have to repress that. Do you know what I was quite impressed with during this scene? Was the fact that even though Cat had to ask Crichton to simplify it. The simplification explanation was wasn't as simple as it could have been. Yeah. yeah. And Kat understood the second one. I was quite impressed with Kat. 
you know, it's like a balloon and another balloon. And Putting too much air happens. into a balloon. But he explained it using something Cat knows about, jewelry. And as soon as he mentioned jewelry, Cat paid attention. Ah, That's it's true. just the, in focusing his attention. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and Cat does know about making things from other things. I mean, he made all of his clothes out of his family members. So. <laughs> right. Uh, I feel bad for the striped is- one that made Angela's jacket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that poor panda. Ling <laughs> <laughs> Ling, no! <laughs> um... <laughs> So we find out that Crichton's awesome nanobots apparently got tired of his whining too, and they left him um, at some point. And so they're really exposition heavy. It felt like one of those scenes in Star Trek TNG where they're in the conference room and they're talking for so, so long. (laughs) Basically what they did was just, they decided to talk the plot out instead of act it. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) We can't be asked to act, so we'll just talk. So, yeah. That's been accounted for. Thank you. That explains it. (laughs) Well, that's when the Um, writer comes up with, like, an expensive CGI scene that could explain this all with, like, massive action in 3D graphics, and then the budget comes down and says, no, you're going to sit around in the conference room and talk this out, because there's no way I'm paying for that animation. Oh, right, that's (laughs) what we'll do. Yeah, but you don't link expensive 3D CGI with Red Dwarf. Well, it's definitely yeah. more expensive than just sitting around talking. Yeah, and that's, well, that's Red Dwarf's, that's half its charm, but they don't go for that. Well, but you know, they wrote a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. They wrote a really awesome scene, and then they realized wait, but our actors can't get hurt while filming this. Oh, well, if they're not going to get hurt, just make them talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so they're in the buggy. The buggy. That's always been there. Oh, it's been always. there since time began. Oh, yeah, but okay, but before the buggy, before the buggy. So this, okay, so they were looking for Red Dwarf, apparently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Way I, back, I, back. I missed that bit. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 just it, it annoys, but like, uh, initially they were like, okay, we have to find Red Dwarf. And I thought that's what this, like, season was going to be, the search for Red Dwarf. And then it was like, Eh, maybe not so much. And then they try once to find the Esperanto and, and immediately find exactly where they were. So, well, I mean, it's not... It was, yeah. yeah, it was an autopilot. That that autopilot is, is more cleverer than the, the whole crew. Yeah, true. <laughs> Kachansky included. I don't know why they just didn't do that originally. Yeah. It's, well, the other thing is... Red dwarf. Find Red Dwarf, autopilot. We're <laughs> going into stasis. Mind you, saying that, it wouldn't have much of a Red Dwarf series, to be honest, if there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing is, the Esperanto, which was the Esperanza, um, is actually big, so they have more of a signal. They were having trouble finding it when it was tiny. Yeah, yeah. I know. I guess I'm just a bit annoyed that it took so long, but... Yeah. Anyway. Look, so without, way- Holly actually did something. <laughs> yes. So they went into stasis, and that juice that they were drinking, just in case you were wondering, was Coca Cola. Could you tell that by the opening of the can? I could, <laughs> yes. 
It wasn't Diet Coke like yours was, Nutty. <laughs> this was um, 1975 Coca-Cola from the GMC. <laughs> That's how old it is. And yeah, I think it was... Um, it's a juice or something which stabilises you from being in stasis because you'll obviously be disorientated or something like that. I know Lister didn't do have any of it at the beginning because he just waved open the door and walked out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was ridiculous. But obviously, on Starbug, it's more unstable, so you need juice to not disorientate yourself. I suppose so, sure. Or they're just more caring, and they there's more people around. <laughs> um, no. But yeah. Then getting to... <laughs> no, that doesn't no. make sense. They don't care about each other. No, I was no. going to say there was more people on Red Dwarf at the beginning than there was just on the... Obviously, because they've got the massive mining ship and there was no juice from there, whereas on the smaller thing is... Uh, okay. any... oh, I, th- I thought you meant so, any... Te- so, uh, <clears throat> go on. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, no, I, I didn't people, mean to interrupt No, I was Yeah, I say... know. We're... Huh. <laughs> no, there, there's a delay and we're all talking over each other oh. all the time. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I blame Rosie. Go ahead, Rosie. Tell us all about it. I was just going to say that I thought Paul's point was that when Lister came out of stasis, there was no one there to look after him. But everyone's dead, Dave. Everyone? <laughs> yes. Everyone's dead, Oh, Dave. yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that bit, yeah. So then the we, whole we find out that they have been hiding this sweet, sweet buggy from us the whole time. And it reminded... Hard ORV. Yes. <laughs> and that last Star Trek TNG movie, it's like, oh, we get to take the buggies out now. And <laughs> or like two scenes. <laughs> Let's do the RPG mission and collect the data pieces. Um, <laughs> oh. There's actually Apparently. a YouTube video with an alternate ending for Nemesis and they're on the buggies and then they drive off a cliff and it's like, the end. That's how it should nice. have ended. It's how Fireplash should have ended as well. That kind of did, except the cliff was Fox. Yeah. Wah, Anywho, and, back to Red Dwarf. then, Undying Love from the fans brought it back. Did it? I got, got cancelled. Yeah, and then they made a, a movie. Yeah, and that panned. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Red Dwarf. <laughs> so we don't get to see much of the sweet, sweet buggy action uh, because Cat, you know, does most of the work. They just sort of sit in there and, and talk. Sweets. Yes. <laughs> the sweet, sweet buggy. <laughs> Play on words. So I quitted there, Heath. I thought you did it. I know, but I'm just giving you the credit in case it gets panned. I don't want credit. Well, I'm giving you the credit. It's all you. It's all on you, mate. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, though, I really did like the interaction between Kachansky and Lister there. See, this interaction is what is wrong with man and womankind in general. Having conversations? Kachansky is giving Lister mixed signals. Yeah. Yes. Major mixed signals. I agree. Right? She's like, oh, no, I don't like you. No, you're, you're like a pit bull. No, that was, that was cat. No, you're ugly and you're thingy. Um, sex? No, it's Sandy. Yeah. It's like, what? If it wasn't Sandy, you'd still have sex? Yeah. She, he, he's repulsive. She, was... she doesn't want anything to do with him. And he says, what about sex? And she's like, not here, it's too Sandy. Which means 
can they have sex back on the ship? She she was joking. Um, I loved it. I still make signals. If it was me and I was on that ship, she said, "No, it's too Sunday." I'll be like, in my head, I'd be thinking, "Okay, she doesn't want it here. Let's go somewhere else." <laughs> exactly. How frustrating. Honestly, I, how frustrating would it be for her to know that, she, like, she can't have a friendship with him? She can. She can't because he's always expecting that it's going to go toward, you know, a romantic sexual relationship. So if she even acts a little friendly toward him, then he's going to start immediately thinking, okay, now we can have the sex. But at like, the end of the she day, can't relax around him. Well, she's been doing a good job so far. I think I no, think that's hasn't. all in her head because honestly, he wasn't even asking about sex between him and her. He wasn't even talking about uh, will this change things between us as, as, as you know, do, does it mean that I, I won't have a shot? Because I really think he was just talking to her as a friend and he wasn't even thinking in that regard. She has more of that, oh my God, what if he thinks that I'm serious? I, I, but she I told, think that Lister is actually quite respectful and could have a friendship with Kachansky. Yeah. I but think he that did she say knows... To, Sorry. Well, he did say to pull uh, an example out of the air, us. You know, I mean, he he wasn't just being hypothetical, I think. No, but, I mean, granted, they are the last two humans. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, when, when, when you really are in the situation of being the last human alive and she still doesn't want to get with you, <laughs> it's it's yeah, a bit of a heartbreaker. Not even uh, if you see. were the last man alive, and you are, so... I am... <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But I think uh, it's, it's really easy to be, and I'm, I'm really not talking about myself here at all, uh, but it's quite easy to be flippant and uh, <laughs> and say that sort of thing to lighten the mood mm-hmm. when it's perhaps not called for. I know exactly what she's talking about. <laughs> See, I, I think that's what she was doing, just making a, making a joke. But, I mean, their relationship is really... Because, okay, he had a romantic relationship with a Kachansky, who is now dead and still dead. How many different Kachanskys has he had a relationship with? One. Ten. Two. <laughs> and then <laughs> she, though, had a completely... Well, she had the alternate timeline equivalent of that relationship. Ma-ma-dai. Except for uh, who got the kitten. Which, why was it a kitten instead of a cat? Anyway, uh, and then also, no, no, though, no, no, she... No. Sorry. She had she had another relationship with her hollow uh, uh, hollow lister, which he knows nothing of, and so it's like they, as individuals, have had a romantic relationship, except not actually. Yeah. And I mean, it's really I mean to be friends in that situation is going to be awkward, no matter what. But if he so can he- make friends with Rimmer, he can make friends with anyone. Hold on, Heath. Mm. Hypothetical situation, right? Okay. Uh, if you and Angela split up, not come on talking to her, <laughs> right? Would you would you be friends if you broke up? Well, but well, one of us would be dead. Thing. No, I'm just saying yeah, the hypothetical exactly situation. Retor- a hypothetical situation. I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I literally. literally <laughs> yeah, I. It no, I, I actually, Paul. I mean, I literally can't think of a situation in which we would. So that's hard to answer. I can think yeah. of plenty of situations, but I'm not going to mention them. Yeah, exactly. So, right, moving well, on. Yeah, moving on. Sorry. 
I don't know. I think my favorite um, part of that is, okay, but, but I would be dead. <laughs> but, but one of us would be dead. Yeah. No, but you didn't say that. You said I would be dead, meaning that you would be. See, that's how you'd break up. Because Angela would kill him to make a suit. Duh, she's cat. But you see, Paul, it's it's not the same because Angela is not from an alternate universe and Heath is not a hologram. As far as you know. Actually, he is. I'm trying to stick up for you. I'm not talking about my alternate universe self. (laughs) In which your hair is straight. No. Speaking of hair straight, did you notice the magic that Cat did? With Isn't his that hair? fantastic? It that, was amazing. That is amazing. Was like he went out. His hair came like, like puffy. He took a comb, only a comb, mm-hmm. went back outside into the storm. I want and, that comb. And came okay. back, and his hair is perfect. Not one okay, hair. Not on only place. a comb, but like the weakest comb that has ever been ever. Like Maybe. that comb would immediately break in my hair. I was just going to say, it wouldn't even make one pass, would it? <laughs> Maybe no. it's a Which sonic Which is essentially comb. what Cat had when he went out of there. <laughs> it's a sonic comb. It is a sonic comb. Somebody looked at that comb and said, this could be more sonic. Needs a little and more and sonic. then they went to Sonic Burger and got it with a Happy Meal. <laughs> For the English people that don't know, Sonic Burger is, a, is an American franchise, like McDonald's, but worse. Better. No, better. Okay, better. It is better. They have uh, they have milkshakes and and lots of fancy drinks. And yeah. after eight pm, they have half price milkshakes. Did, did they bring all the boys to the yard? <laughs> they, they no, well, I was going to say that, Natalie. I was straight. <laughs> well, me and Heath will be there straight. later. <laughs> and Tech, sorry, Tech, for you there. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind was distracted. I was thinking about milkshakes. Me too. <laughs> what, was, okay. was, was you thinking of going to the yard? No, just milkshakes. Okay. So oh, with creamy, curvy milkshakes. milkshakes. Milkshakes are much more appetizing than that sweet after he tried to clean it off on his jacket. <laughs> oh, that was so gross. And that then he put m- it in his mouth. And I and was going to retch. And then he did. Into his face. It sounded like he was speaking Gelf for a bit there. <laughs> Anything that they can do to get Craig Charles to do something disgusting, <laughs> well, I oh, love he's it. Always up for it. Uh, and so to think we've... I had a crush on him. Oh, <laughs> had. Shut up. <laughs> it's less serious now. How's that? I told See? you I met him. Right. What? You did not tell. That he said I had a beautiful name and he signed my book for me. Aww. Your book. Book. Yeah, uh, he wrote the, uh, the, yes, he wrote the law. It was a copy of Mein Kampf, which, I mean, was a little odd, but. See, I was going to say it's book in one-armed finger quotes. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, like, Christine did. Yeah. (laughs) And that is God winning the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, Kat realizes the electrical storm is um, quieting down, even though it doesn't sound anything like the electrical storm is quietening down. And Lister and Kachansky both go out, and there's the windy and then they end up back on Red Dwarf and Crying's like oh my god I miss you so much 
they, they end up back on Starbug. Starbug, yeah, that's what I meant. The Rodeo. They're on Red Dwarf. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then they bring back Norman Lovett. And and I almost went deaf. Listening to the commentary, uh, will this will the commentary be released by the time? This... I'm, I'm going to release them at the same time. Uh, right. If you listen to the commentary. commentary, if you've listened to the commentary already before you listen to this, then you already know. But if you haven't, then you will realise that Angela gives the girliest squee ever known to man or womankind. Seriously, it was that squeeish. I had next door neighbour's dog coming in, go, what's up? <laughs> Also, well, your neighbor's dog can talk. Yeah. Well, from my, my neighbor's dog's called Brian. <laughs> from what I, I I've heard um, about the commentary, I haven't listened to it. Uh, but if you did listen to the commentary before this episode, then you're not actually listening to this episode because you can't hear it. <laughs> uh, I will not pay for anyone's medical bills. <laughs> You took on the risks yourself. This episode uh, she was uh, we, we were both thrilled. This episode sounds a lot like tinnitus. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all I could think. Uh, when we rewatched this and I saw Holly, all I could think was Heath and Angelo must be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. we were. I mean, although to be fair, um, you know, at this point we would have been just as happy to see to see um Hilly, Holly. I see. Um, yeah. yeah. Hattie Hilly Holly. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, but just yeah, bringing Holly back as any actor. But, yeah, we were, I guess, really surprised to see Norman Lovett. Like, I've heard, you know, even though we try to not, like, read news articles and stay unspoiled on things like that, you hear, like, buzz that, you know, maybe there was some disagreements when he left and, and like, they were, I, I got the impression that they were even fighting over money and things like that. But, um yeah, I, I did not expect to really ever see that Holly back. I don't yeah. think I don't think the, anyone expected him back because did yeah. you hear the round of applause that he got? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the only time I've heard a round of applause in a, the TV show. Well, you, you have to have um, surround sound speakers. Yeah, but <laughs> otherwise, but it's just applause. The only other time the audience went completely berserk during an episode was during the filming of Polymorph. Mm. When there's oh, that with Dwayne Dwayne Dibley. Dibley. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Holly yeah, we were Dwayne Dibley. Well, just, uh, just out of interest... What did you think of him? I know, and he didn't really say an awful lot, but appearance-wise and quote-wise, just, just... Well, out. I mean, sure, he's he's certainly aged a bit. And really, I mean, all of the actors have. It's just that for yeah. the most part, we've seen them. Um, yeah. yeah, I just yeah. mean, did you did you see him immediately and, and think he looked completely different? Or? No. Not no? completely. I mean, uh, yeah, his hairline is, is a bit farther back than it used to be. But I think main... The main difference to me, though, is like the um, the little thing that they were showing him on was higher quality. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's in he's in H, Holly, Holly HD now, yeah. And so he used to be back in standard def. So now I guess he, he looks yeah, different the, uh, from that point of view. The, the yeah. nanobots updated the watch to 1080p. So. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yes, Holly now with yeah, Retina no. display. Well, it's the difference yeah. between a flat screen and a tube, right? 
There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found it very different. Just, uh, it was good to see him back. But yeah. mm-hmm. anyway, I did enjoy the, even though it was corny, the exaggerated winky nods to the camera. Yes. <laughs> He's back. Hey, look, I haven't been on the show for a while. Here I am. <laughs> Just... That was terrible, Pete. I, I was know. actually thinking that was probably one of the best ones you've done so far. No, that was terrible. <laughs> um, At least you didn't offer them a cup of tea. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say there? Oh, yeah, that when he first pops up then and the reaction to Crichton, I'm guessing, was that like... A uh, reference to the fact that he and Robert Llewellyn were never on the show at the same time, that it was like R- Robert Llewellyn, I guess, came on the very same episode that uh, Hattie did. Oh, right. So he only knows David Ross. Right. Yeah. So oh. I'm guessing like not recognizing or thinking that Crichton looks strange, that might have been like a joke on that. Could no, I, think, I just think it's I think, because uh, they've been lost, because Holly's been in that box in the watch for ages. He just forgot because obviously Holly and Hilly were well. Hilly and Holly were. They were. I, I, I give up. So I think it was as blatant as as that in that Norman Lovett came back and looked at Crichton and went, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, you, you know, oh, don't say hell for God's sake! <laughs> don't say hell. You said it. I don't say nothing. Um, do you not think now that Norman Lovett would have watched Red Dwarf in, in his absence from the show? <laughs> um, I was more talking about the characters. Yeah, but Holly slash Hilly was on Red Dwarf the same time as Crichton. But I, I thought it was an in-joke, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because yeah. obviously Holly had the face plan span, became Hilly, and <laughs> they were on Red Dwarf. They, they were on... Um, to the future, um, back to reality. Sorry, <laughs> they were on Back to the Future too. It's really yeah, weird. I know. <laughs> you gotta you gotta look for it. It's only on the screen for like two seconds. I know. Yeah. But didn't um, see the bit where Lister stole the sports almanac from Buster? Bit, yeah, bit. Totally saw that. Yeah, yeah. It was in that scene. It's like you know you have uh, Max Hedrum and then Ronald Reagan and then Holly. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then that bit when Creighton ran for president was shocking. The fact that he got the votes is amazing. Anywho, <laughs> anywho. Either way, yes, I think you're right. It's an in-joke, I think. Okay. It's, he's seen Norman Levitt and gone, oh, what's no. yeah, Something sweary oh. that I can't say right now. <laughs> we're, we, we're not that sensory, I promise, Rosie. No, no I know, I mean, but I can, can, can consider the Consider the level of swearing that's on Red Dwarf itself. Uh, and I, I know, figure the, the show should be out of. Speech. Yeah, the show ought to be about on par with that, probably. So we're fine. Then <laughs> he's actually said, "This is getting kind of Quentin Tarantino-y." <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't good uh, music in the background. Ah, true. So we make some up now quickly. Uh. But maybe not then. Okay. Next bit. Uh, next bit, then. Okay, so Holly's back. They're trying to figure out, and then they track down our wonderful little nano dwarf ship thing. To okay, and also I want a spinoff series of the <laughs> nanites flying around in tiny, tiny red dwarf. Oh, me too. In Dave's laundry hamper, really? 
Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to see that series. <laughs> the nano, the nanobots, and the attack of the skid mark. Oh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're and... all flying around. <laughs> <laughs> don't know that. Or we're on the collar of a cat. Oh no! Exactly. You don't know. In that minute, they could have been living their life for years in a sock. Exactly, and maybe we're doing the same. Maybe. Maybe not, though. Thought for Remember the day. when Will Smith was funny? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I would imagine. I could seriously imagine Alabama being in a giant sock. Sometimes. You mean it's not? Alabama's the sock of America? Well, but that sock then would be in a dryer on high heat. Oh, true. Yeah, Florida is the sock of the U.S. Also, oh, Alabama's the underpants of the U.S. <laughs> speaking, speaking of... Um, and the vastness of wearing them has been eating chili. There you go. Uh, speaking of the vastness of space... <laughs> Angela pointed out that whenever they show the ship flying around, there's like always a planet there. Yeah. And the percentage of space that has planets in it is really, really tiny. How no, do you know? No, it's all good. They're flying around the verse. Thousands of planets, <laughs> hundreds of moons. It's all good. Yeah, how do you know there's only a tiny amount? Yeah, there's space. There's always a planet somewhere. There's lots of stars and it's black. Yeah, but I mean, there's I mean, um, lots of space in between those planets. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they're just r- orbiting around that one planet that just changes <laughs> color. The or thing maybe about space is they you know, don't film it until they get to a planet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <clears throat> it's like Gilligan's Island. That, Sorry, you know, most of the time, most <laughs> of the time, they are so bored because nothing happens on Gilligan's Island. The thirty minutes that the Harlem Globetrotters show up is what we get to see. And then the rest, it's, yeah. Yeah. Take you were about to say the quote I was going to say. Go ahead. Well, the, yeah, the, 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 the thing about space, you're defining space color. You know, the, the main thing about space is it's black. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about black holes is... They're black. They're black. <laughs> I don't know. The only, my explanation for why they're always flying around planets is because... Your explanation. Yes, their star maps are, are way, way out of date because they don't have Holly there anymore, or they didn't. And so they're like the Vikings. They, they navigate, but they always stay like almost within um, sight of the coast until they're ready to really go exploring. See, my explanation is a lot more simple. They're just flying in circles. Yep. <laughs> well, the one thing the one robot in that planet. Well, the one thing that they did in this episode is that you know they were in the in the middle of absolutely nothing and they had to turn around to go back to the last planet they were at. So they went into stasis, flew back, and then they were around the planet again. So maybe all of the episodes that we're seeing are the times that they're awake and that the long lulls in the void they're in stasis and nothing happens. Ah, uh, writing, puttering around, ironing things. Yeah, yeah. I like right. it. Going mental. Uh, we should look those episodes up. The last episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Rimmer do that in the book? 30 minutes of the stasis tube. Yeah. <laughs> and Crichton fussing about dusting, uh, you know, individual, like, ele- electrical connectors around the, the, the stasis well, coffin or something. He's got something to read. The emergency exit sign, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Uh, they do, in fact, uh, find the nanites in the underwear, 
Which, I mean, where else would nanites be, really? It sounds like a bad and joke. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and Crichton puts them on the tip of his finger <clears throat> and plans to insert them into Lister's body. Yes. Rectally, I'm guessing. This is a hyperdermic, obviously. What were you thinking? Did oh, thank God. Did you the same, like, flipping the bird uh, sign? Yeah. The finger. Yeah. yeah, extending the middle finger. Does that mean the same thing in the UK? Yeah, spinning, okay. giving a bird. Giving it finger. does, but it's 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 an Americanism. Yeah, yeah. The 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 actual British version would be the two fingers, right? Flipping the V. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the scudders do. Yep. Yep. Um, Godwill can be so informative. <laughs> now they put blister. In this horrible, horrible restraint, and it's it's I mean for an obvious reason that he's just sticking his head out there with somebody else's body, but that looks like the worst restraining device ever. I mean, it's like here, yeah, we're going to do some surgery here, and we're going to lock your head here and choke you to death. Enjoy. And sounds good. Uh, vertical and <laughs> sounds legit. You know, I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, I hope that the ship doesn't, you know, have any turbulence or anything. Space turbulence. Star Trek action. <laughs> um, so, oh, no. yeah, the nanites, the nanites give 110% in the fine tradition of, of uh, college athletics. Um, <laughs> now we got to get that out the there and we got to give 110%. We're not very good at math. No. <laughs> That's are. why we play football. Oh. He literally carried the team on his shoulders. Oh, when I worked at a newspaper, I fought with a sports guy over that. He wrote the, it's a news writer, a sports writer. He wrote, uh, this guy has literally carried the team on his shoulders all season. I'm like, no, he has not. He has not. <laughs> he has if he did, that's, I want to see the picture because that was your story and you've missed it. Man carries baseball team. Film at 11. Yeah. I was, yeah, football, even more. Mm. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, so yes, Lister gets a shiny new body, and we get a shiny new supersized red dwarf. Awesome! I loved, loved, loved the the outside pan and the return of the original opening theme for the nice little callback there. Can I? Can I? Can I ask a question at this point? You can. A minute answer. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to ask you. Um, Yes, Rosie, ask your question. What do you think with uh, regards to the fact that you always knew that Lister was going to lose an arm? Oh, yeah. What did Mm. you... I mean, I just was interested at this point. You know what? That's an interesting point. Because they've rebuilt it now. I had not considered the implications of that. Um, Given the way this show does, like... You know, I hadn't thought that through. I had not thought that through. Mm. Oh, okay. I Wait, guess we're going think to think it through. <laughs> so, next episode, we're going to find out that nanite-built organic bodies don't last, and that uh, Lister's entire body dissolves, and then um, things happen and stuff. And then he's a hologram, okay. and he can date Kachansky again. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. 
Okay. Dave. No, I, I was just interested because this is the episode where this would come up, I think. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And I'm yeah. not really concerned. I, I was just considering it the one-off gag at the end that they built him the wrong body. But I did not think through that, oh, yeah, now he's going to have to lose an arm again. Or they're going to have to rebuild his original body minus an arm for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Or, you know, not give a crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Which, I mean, given given how season three started is uh, a definite possibility. Well, uh, anything's a possibility. I just was interested in your response. <laughs> yeah. it's a good point. Okay. <laughs> Angela, do you have any theories? Yay, um, Angela's theories. Oh, she's yeah. <laughs> oh, she's on the um, spot. I don't know. Okay. It's probably going to be that they're going to explain it in really fast spinny text (laughs) (laughs) Lister goes to an alternate dimension in which his nanite created body has to be sacrificed to the great god of spiders Gnarshach this this show either it goes overboard with exposition when explaining things and spends way too much boring time on it or it doesn't explain at all and leaves you disoriented like, you know, sometimes they get it right, but more often than not, it's one of those. Yeah, and I think that's a real difference between Rob Grant and Doug Naylor. And so when they were working together, yeah. it worked. And I'm not saying it doesn't except work it, now. Except yeah. in backwards. <laughs> it's like, eh, explaining, whatever. Yeah, well, they were having a bad day. And, and <laughs> <laughs> they had a bad day. Well, and we're at... <laughs> back to the part where Heath is singing so uh, <laughs> is there anything else we have to cover in the episode <laughs> ooh, 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 we're having a bad, no I, I'm still making my point Paul you've forgotten it now haven't you I really think they were having a bad day I think that they were trying out different ideas and different techniques and I don't think it worked I don't either. Good. That's a very Hermione way of saying that. Mm. Hermione? Um, it's Leviosa. Not Leviosa. <laughs> Honestly. Can I, can I make one last point really quickly? I thought it was great the way that Starbug went in, sounding actually like a bug. That was cute. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out the new dimensions of the ship. Because like was wasn't the original Red Dwarf five miles long? Am I remembering this right? Yes. Yeah. The um so. the, the scale of the ship changes depending on the writer and even um according to the uh I don't know, the the wiki or whatever, when you look at it, there's like three or four di- given different dimensions. And it seems mm-hmm. that the late the, the the later the series get, the bigger it gets. <laughs> nice. Well, we saw that with Starbug started out as fairly small, and then it just kept kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Well, now Red yeah. Dwarf is huge, <laughs> yeah, like an order of magnitude bigger than it should be. I know. Like, I mean, th- comparing the two Starbugs next to each other, I mean, that Starbug is like no less than two thousand times the size of the flea-sized Starbug that we know. It's a so, mega cootie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cooties, yeah. Angela had that game. American cootie. 
Anywho. Didn't, didn't we discuss that that's what Starbug looks like? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So now Red Dwarf is 10,000 miles long, which I wonder if it's drive power, although well, you would have gravity to attend to if it were in a planet, but you really don't because it's in space. If its um, engines are that much more powerful, uh, then can it move? I don't know. Are they going to be able to get back to Earth really, really quickly with a giant, giant, giant Red Dwarf? It depends. If, will- it depends if the mass increased as well. Yeah, I mean, well, see, that's the thing, though. Mass would matter, except that it's it's in space, right? Yeah, so, but you still, have to, you still have to move the mass. An object weighs nothing in space, but it still has the mass. So the engine, the engine has to overcome the mass of the ship. You, yeah. you you can't fly the space shuttle with a model rocket engine just because it's weightless in space. You still have to overcome the weight of that's the true. of the of the ship. Yeah, the mass of the ship. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. So basically, it would be yeah. proportional to the mass. Yeah. Well, the thing All is, right, it, so. as the as the size increases, the the mass would increase, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be proportional. It would be exponential. The ship oh, okay. would weigh bajillion times more at that size. <laughs> and then, but does it get equal thrust from those engines? Anyway, who knows? yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. Can I say something again? Sure, sure. You know, to us, just say it. <laughs> no, no, just yeah. In fact, interrupt someone. Not me. <laughs> Join in. Yes, interrupt Paul every time. No, no. <laughs> I should do. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> He's an ass. So, um. yeah. <laughs> you don't have the last word on this now. I've start, you started this war, well, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right. It, it just very much feels to me like, uh, I know I've just said this, but Rob Grant was the one with the jokes, and he yeah. would not have let this happen because mm. Doug Naylor goes too far into trying to commit to con- uh, to continuity continuity and um yeah I just I think it it absolutely shows here Rob Grant wouldn't have taken this I don't think I may be wrong I don't it's, it's know definitely it's a different style yeah it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. but I I guess I will have to see how it is followed up before I know what to make of this. Yeah. Right? Because, like, to me, at this, we've, we've seen, like, supposedly major changes, and then they amount to absolutely nothing in the next episode. Yeah. So, um, yes. I have no idea, like, just how big of a change this is going to... I don't know if, if they're going to actually have Holly back as a regular character or for how long. I'm, I think that would be really awesome. But, um... Yeah, as as to whether or not this actually constitutes a major shift in the show, I'm I'm not sure at this point, and won't be until I get to see season eight. Yeah, it just almost makes makes me feel like Doug Naylor's been sort of left on his own, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's sort of trying, but he's not getting the jokes in as much as he should. I think it's a different type of joke. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, it's slightly more mature, I guess. Like a fine cheese. Yes. <laughs> okay. And also smelly. Yeah. Fine like a sock. A fine cheese served with banana ketchup. So, <laughs> um, any it, more points on this episode? No. I, uh, nothing yeah. from me. We're good. Cool. 
Well, let's take a moment to shout out uh, at another podcast. Hey, other podcast! Oh, okay, and hey. then we'll listen to an Hi. ad, too. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hi, I'm Nukechas, the host of Nutty Bites. And hi, I'm Tech, Nutty's regular guest. Or antagonist. Our podcast is like a call-in show where geeks get to debate topics about speculative fiction. We don't really debate. Sure we do. We debate topics such as lame superpowers, the best villains, and our favorite apocalypses. We more like rant, rave, and then have massive nerd rages. People call in from all over the world, sometimes minor celebrities, and we've even had some supervillains show up. Do you ever notice that you never have any superheroes or good guys? I'm a good guy. Compared to what? Antagonist. Not really a guest. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org. And we're back. Thank you for the podcast. Um, Indeed. Feedback time. Get us started there. Okay. Ewan says this is a pretty nothing episode until the final ten minutes or so. It resolves the events of the much stronger Epideme, and although the famous one-armed people of history discussion is enjoyable, much of this section feels quite slow and empty. What happens next feels quite forced and makes the past two series seem kind of pointless. Also, I don't see what how they would pass through all that kind of space without incident. You know, the area of space without a simulant hunting zone, a space corps, enforcement vehicle, and a Gelf tribe who are after them. But Holly and Red Dwarf are back. Oh, and Starbug has a buggy. Right. Ewan. Apparently. <laughs> what, what you need to realise, Ewan, is that space is black. <laughs> and really, really big. big. I suppose the best theory I can give on that is that while the um, biological beings are in stasis, then they can all but cut off life support and run on silent mode. Yeah. Ooh. Or oh, energy efficient mode, where there's just no lights are being used. No, it's just like it's like yep. a little, a less, a dull glow. Totally been accounted for. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Good. Who would like to read Darren the Panther? Darren Forrester. Okay, but you have to read it in an Australian accent. You read Darren's. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Now I have to read it in an Australian accent. See, no, I, I won't. Let's see. Okay, uh, another good idea. Oh, 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 you won't do that. Uh, you wouldn't go that far alright alright here we go another good idea which fell down somewhat in execution Uh, these last two episodes (laughs) illustrate a problem which Naylor himself has gone on record with I'm sure Shane knows enough about this issue with budgets in series 7 to be able to expand on this I think it does show somewhat in the rushed feeling these episodes have in parts It's, it's like Darren was actually on the show with us I know. It's like a hybrid of me and Darren. No, that was nothing like you, Rosie. <laughs> well, their normal quotes are nothing like me. Right. I'm going to put a, a challenge towards you, Heath. Okay. By the end of the last episode of the last series that we do, I would like you to be able to master a Stalista accent. Uh, that Scouse accent, it's way... Uh, I. I it's beyond me. It really is. It really is. Not the Scouse accent, the Lister accent. Because Lister is, although he is Scouse, he's not completely Scouse. Uh, it always comes out weirdly. It comes out like David Boreanaz Irish. It's so bad. <laughs> I, 
Anyway, uh, somebody read uh, Rescarina. Shall I do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very lucky Crichton told us that the computer chips can be made from sand early on in the episode. Otherwise, when we got to the very sandy planet, we might have not understood it meant Red Dwarf, or it was Red Dwarf. Sorry, that's a, bit, uh, that's a bit of an exposition, and it's always annoyed me. Fun enough episode, and Holly is back. The whole nanobot stealing the, the ship is rubbish, though. It's like <laughs> Russ Greener was on the show with us. <laughs> it was impeccable. All right. Love you. Want to read Sam? <clears throat> sure. Uh, Sam says, uh, you've got no idea how much mouth shouting I was making when you were when you made the prediction last week. Uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, I, I thought the grandmother prediction was quite good. Uh, you were so close uh, and even mentioned him getting back to chasing Red Dwarf uh, the first time it is touched on this season. Uh, there are some good moments in this episode and some throwbacks to earlier seasons that make for some good continuity, plus the upgrades to the engines Epideme suggested help explain why they weren't all hair and nails coming out of deep sleep. Plus, Holly's back. Smiley face. Then there was a bit of gossiping back and between. Forth, yeah. Yeah. And Steve oh, and Flat. Um, right quick, uh, before I move on, I just thought of this. Uh, Nutty and Tech. Yes. Have Have either of y'all ever had banana ketchup? Is Is it a thing in Canada? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just laughing at the fact that you said y'all. <laughs> banana oh, yeah. ketchup, have you ever had it? No. No, I guess not. <laughs> y'all is, but yeah, the English y'all language needs good. a y'all. We need a uh, a plural second person like most romance languages have. Y'all. Yep. Uh, well, I have do been it? saying y'all more often. Yeah, you all. we do. <laughs> You're cute. Because, <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, Canada well, seems to do very well without y'all. Well, parts yeah, of it. What, what about... What about the... Yeah, what about Quebec? They have a y'all. Yeah, but right. that means purple, doesn't it? What? No. I apologize if anyone is from Quebec. Well, the the like French me. language, I'm... Well, I was I was I was meant to be taking piss out of the French and I, I that mm-hmm. didn't work. I totally forgot about tech. I'm sorry. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Please hurt him. <laughs> no problem, Rosa. So so tech, is there a a French y'all type word? Well, there's is, is there a di- is oh, there a, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a difference if you're saying you to one person and you to three people. Okay, but Different you know words. what? Miss Piggy would say vous, but she would not say y'all. So that just answers that question right there. And whether it's yeah, a group, it, whether it's a group masculine or group feminine, can also change it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's group mixed, uh, then it usually just goes masculine. Uh, because men are normal and women are apparently aberrations. That's true. Well, <laughs> that's yes. what it is. Well, what, what, what's a chair? Uh, female. And a door. Uh, also female. Male. And a wall. Wall. Uh, le mur is male. Okay. And a desk. Uh, un bureau, male. See, it, it, it's just random. They choose it, and then they stick by it. Yeah, but There's the same no... as in Spanish, uh, groups of humans that are mixed, men and women, yeah. you, you, use the, you use the verbs that you do, or, or pronouns that you do for a group of men. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so. the same in English. When, when you say all it men is. are created equal, you mean men and women. You mean men as exactly. in humans. And, like, in academic writing now, they've started putting, like, uh, the SIC after that. If somebody uses men to refer to humans, they're like, oh, this is a mistake, SIC. And, yeah, it's just how the language is. Well, in the 18th century, they were saying all men are created equal. Yes. That's true. But it has expanded. (laughs) 
And then actually <laughs> what they meant was all white landowners. Exactly. Protestants. All white landowning Protestants were created equal and far above women and others. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Stephen Fletcher, who didn't want to be Thank left you. out, says <laughs> that this was one of my favorite episodes as a kid. It was the episode of the seven series that I watched the most, mostly because I enjoyed the dwarfers finally finding their mothership and the explanation behind it. I think I preferred the second half of Seven back then, but now, as I'm a bit older, it's sort of the other way around. I still like this one, though. Maybe not as much as I originally did, and I can't disagree with the execution not being pulled off so well, but I think it's a good episode overall. Did he just repeat himself like three times, then? No, Paul, he didn't. Okay, just checking. And, and it was this... just like Stephen was here. Yes. Uh, the scene <laughs> in the midsection where the crew are discussing what happened to Red Dwarf and now understand why they could never catch up to the ship is my favourite scene in the episode. I can't tell you why, it is just. I watched that part of the episode so many times that I eventually knew every line of it off by heart. I think it was because I liked the whole mystery aspect of it. It brought something of a dark turn to the episode that I quite liked. I also liked how it connected to the back to reality. I also liked, I know the, <laughs> I know the explanation likely wasn't planned in advance and some fans may have their issues with it. Brackets, I'm really excited to hear what Heath and Angela make of it. Close bracket. But it's good enough for me. Thank goodness uh, for that. Those are parentheses, not brackets. Uh, brackets. Shame on you. You ruined the whole thing. Read it again. <laughs> Stephen Fletcher says, this is one of my favorite episodes as a kid. It was the episode of the seventh series, which I enjoyed. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Did we have any Twitter? I don't think we had any emails. We did. Did we have a Twitter again? Awesome! Twitter's awesome. <laughs> Paul, I'm making you pay my medical bills. Quit. Well, just, just get Angela's pay up. Quit. Don't worry, Paul. Nick Quinn... Uh, said that he would argue in Epidame that we discuss everything but season seven, episode seven. But <laughs> like this episode in which we are right on topic the whole time. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're the best. What's this episode called again? Um Nanarchy. I'm I'm still trying That's to figure it. I'm still trying to figure out what Red Dwarf is. It's a, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a planet. So, it's made oh, yeah, of sand. Sandy, yeah, sandy planet. Mm. Mm. So, it is time for uh, ratings. Hey. And then we'll so, uh, guests go first, but which one? You have to play rock, paper, scissors, left. Le- Tech scissors. goes first because I'm crashing oh. his episode. Okay. Oh. I will give this seven out of ten immaculately quaffed cats. Ooh. Nice. I like that word. Quaffed. Quaffed is a good word. Um, I am going to give this 7.5 fuzzy sweets stuck on Lister's forehead. Nice. And Rosie, although you're technically Shane, you will get to be our faux guest this time. So what do you you say? If I'm Shane, I will say probably 9 out of 10. But as I am Rosie, really, (laughs) I will give it 6.5 planets pretending to be red dwarfs out of ten. Cool. Well, I... I'm I'm going to give it um, eight. Eight out of ten mysteriously appearing buggies. (laughs) (laughs) I I like this episode. Um, I will give it eight out of ten of Cat's platform boots. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, 
finish it pass. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the rest of you guys, because apparently y'all you know, is too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. You say you lot. I don't. Know. <laughs> Oi, you uh, lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, eight out of ten. Uh, really horribly designed. Uh safety medical equipment. <laughs> nice. Uh, Paul, okay. I do have to say that I was really expecting you to have your rating system of being Lister struggling to pick up a ball or something to, related to that. Yeah. That's why I avoided it, because I didn't want to steal yours. So, oh, right. I, I, like, I like this episode. I'm going to give this um, <laughs> 8 out of 10 Lister attempts of picking up a ball. Nice. Very well. well Very done. well. <laughs> I don't know. Going back to the feedback, I yeah, no, yeah, we're gonna move backwards now. But no, you went ahead a point though. Some of the beginning parts, especially watching through the second time, were a bit slow. But at the same time, I mean, they were funny to me at least. I mean, they they weren't just stalling out, and I, I kind of like their back and forth. And you know, we they actually had good chemistry for once between. Like Kajansky and Crichton, and then uh, Lister and Kajansky and the buggy there. So, I don't know. It was it was just working a bit better, generally speaking. And then it kicked up another notch once we got Red Dwarf and um, and Holly back. So, that's that's why I'm giving it an eight. I think. Cool. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. This, they found the balance here mm-hmm. for you know the second. Are we doing quotes now? <laughs> we are. And, uh, yeah, guests get to go first. So, quote away. Uh, the scene where Lister and Kat are talking and he's trying to cheer him up. Uh, when they're trying to come up with uh, the uh, uh, the list of five, sorry, the, 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 the five mm. people that have survived with, with an arm. He's like, well, what about that, that Welsh painter, Vincent van Gogh? I mean, look at what he painted when he cut off his own arm. No, he cut off his own ear. He cut off his own ear with only one arm? Well, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> Crichton says to Lister, "Well, doesn't this space look familiar? We've been here before." And Lister says, "It's space. It's black with a couple twinkly bits. Everywhere is black with a couple twinkly bits." I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote. <laughs> Rosie, uh, I don't have any for now. Sorry. Oh, okay. I will go with them. Uh, ah. <laughs> ah, well, you see, it's subconscious. You're thinking, hand, pick up the ball, but your subconscious is saying, punch Crichton in the head. Take the brains out of the demented droid that cut off my beloved arm. Am I right? Um, I have one. Uh, to them, a hole in one of your athletic supports must be at least the size of a galaxy. Hey, I like the sound of that. Dave Lister, the man with a galaxy-sized jockstrap. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Love? Oh. Um, at me. see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pokemon. She knows, she knows who she is. Uh, I was meaning to get to that, ma'am, but what with being on 24-hour wipe alert, I haven't had time. Wipe alert? No, don't even tell me what that means. I have a feeling I know, and if I'm right, it's the grossest thing I've ever heard. I mean his mouth. I help him get rid of the crumbs around his mouth. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
And it's absolutely gross. Mouth crumbs. Disgusting. (laughs) I love that one. Do you have another one, Tech? Yeah. No. Okay, I've got one. Uh, this is, uh, adjusting the arm, uh, Crichton. Well, it's a tad slow, I'm forced to admit. A tad slow? The only thing I've seen pick up <laughs> slower... Uh, sorry, I'm getting messed up because it's far away. <laughs> a tad slow, the only thing I've seen pick up slower is Rimmer in a disco. Mm. <laughs> nice. You got one yet, Rosie? Nah. Okay. okay, I have another one, I have another one. Um, let's see. Hey, half-eaten lollipop head. What about one of your spares? What do you say, Mother Border? Too heavy, sir. With the strain and extra weight, it would be impossible for Mr. Lister even to get it up. He could always take it off if he was going on a date. (laughs) That's a good one, too. I've got one. Let me think of a cogent paradigm. I'd rather have a good example. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of something called tough love? Does it involve dressing up? <laughs> Losing an arm won't matter to any woman who cares about you. What about sex? Not here. It's too sandy. Sure. I love that one. <laughs> the little scamps. It's the oldest trick in the book. Capture your ship, set it into a planet, then explore a macro universe in a laundry basket. How could you fall for an old scam like that? Oh. <laughs> okay, here's. Here's the one that I love just because it made me think of another show that I really loved. Uh, that was just before we lost Red Dwarf. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking wearing leather underpants with silver studs is <laughs> no mistake if you put them inside out. What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking uh, ice cubes. Are you mullet. pondering what I'm pondering? I think so. Oh, not that again. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a bad idea to wear studded underpants if you're going to wear them inside out. No! <laughs> so the, so the two. Can I? Um, Have you got one yet? I've got two that, go that Shane has just sent me. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it's far too dangerous to let you out with that arm, sir. Two minutes. With Miss Kachansky, and who knows what, you'd be swinging around your head. <laughs> I love that. That was a good one. <laughs> and what's the next one? No, that's it. Sorry, I thought you'd oh. sent me two, but okay. yeah. I, I have one. It's a very short it's a very short one, but it made me very, very happy. Alright, dudes. <laughs> Alright, dudes. Last week on Red Dwarf. Just be terrible. Oh no! He sent, he sent me. He sent me two more. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> oh, we just said them. If we just said them, then I'm sorry. Well, can I say them anyway? Yeah, sure. According to the weather scan, it's beautiful down here. Tropical temperatures, not a cloud in sight. Suggest we just uh, dress for snow and take the buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> oh, I did. It's a good yeah. one. Now I feel bad. I was mostly distracted by the buggy. I was like, the buggy? buggy? What? Buggy? They're going to Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's a regional thing. Uh, here in the South especially, and other places as well, uh, shopping carts are known as buggies, but I yeah. understand that they're not called that elsewhere. Yeah. No. What's a, do you know what a buggy is here? Like a, an old car? Um, no, no, it's a baby buggy, right? 
Yeah, oh. a push chair. A, a basconet. A bassinet that, with wheels. There we go. Yeah. I thought it was a pram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that too. Okay. Pram, a, buggy. Buggy. A, buggy is, a baby buggy is a pram. And down here in the South, Walmart is called the Walmarts. Sometimes. <laughs> and, down, and over here, Walmart is called Asda. Asda. <laughs> it's Asda Love. Love. It's Asda Love. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there another quote from Shane? Oh, that's, he's done now. Okay. Yay. I've got one that oh. I sh- was surprised nobody else said. There's no need for despondency, sir. You can still play the guitar. Yeah, look on the bright side. At least now I'm only half crap. crap. Something I just realized, you know, this is the only episode so far with um, a, a recap at the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Seems like, yeah. yeah. Previously on Red Dwarf. Anyway. And always, whenever they do that, I mean, even even on like Buffy, when they would, you know, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, they would always remind me of like 60s Batman. <laughs> well, the caped crusader escaped the nefarious trap of. Anyway. <laughs> okay, um, any more uh, quotes, points, thoughts? Before uh, we wrap up, oh yeah, what what are we doing? Well, actually, you know what? I know what we're doing. Yeah, I believe I believe we are doing. Well, the next time we come to podcast is oh, yeah. is going to be the spoiler cast. Um, no, we've got we've got we've, there's a show with us that we are recording. Um, can't oh what's it? Can't dwarf won't dwarf. Can't smeg won't smeg. That's the one. Can't smeg, won't smeg. Is that a book? Um, no, it's it's a charity thing. And the next episode, if we're doing predictions, shall we do predictions for the next episode? Please. Sure. Why not? Sure. Back in the red, part mm-hmm. one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Did you, um, did you hear the full title then? Back in the yes. red, part one? Yeah. Just yeah. checking. Uh, well, that's an indicator that the show is once again uh, losing its budget, and so they're going to have... Oh, no, wait, wait. I bet it's, it's not the other kind of in the red. Okay. It's pretty, pretty clear that they're, that they're uh, reclaiming Red Dwarf. I don't know whether it will be giant Red Dwarf or whether the nanites will be kind enough to make a regular Red Dwarf. Don't know whether Holly's going to be there. Um, so, yeah, I guess they're just... It may be like an extend. Seeing as this is a part one, it's probably just an extended grouping of episodes to establish a new normal wherein Red Dwarf has a part in the show again, with or without Holly. Still not convinced. I also think that they're going to find some sort of offhand explanation for getting rid of Kachansky. Because I do have a a feeling she's not going to last. No, she has to last. I love Kachansky. She has to stay. I just have a feeling about that because of the animosity toward season four and a lot of that animosity being Wait, you lobbed mean seven? at yes seven sorry uh, being lobbed at Kachansky then I think she's going to be gone and I think they're going to figure out a way to bring Rimmer back in some form or fashion because 
they're going to also realize that they sort of need Chris Berry. We haven't talked about that, but I was surprised Remmer did not show up in this episode. I thought he was yeah. coming back at the end of this one to be in the next uh, series. I really did. Yeah. Also, also we're going to find out who shot Jr. Yes. And- um, but I earlier, think that actually, they, to their credit, they've done a pretty good job um, of not having to use him yeah. in the last couple of oh, episodes. Yeah. He's um, only been in one, two, three. He was in Flash. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Yes, all right. They have had to use him. <laughs> So um, earlier today, uh, today's the day where they announced the new Doctor. Um, but earlier today, while we were still waiting for that, then it was announced that, oh, it's going to be a male because some photographer said, oh, yeah, I, I took the new uh, Doctor's picture today and he's going to be an ace Doctor. And that got me to thinking, wait a minute, ace? <gasps> Is that a clue? Is Chris Berry going to be the new Doctor? That would oh. be amazing. That I want to see cool. Doctor That would be cool. absolutely terrible. Dr. Rimmer, Rosie, 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 get out. <laughs> can can, can no. Chris Barry be the new master? Oh, yes. that's even better. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Oh, only, only, only if he had the gear on that he was in um, Demons and Angels. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and the beard. We need I'm to going to hurt you, Doctor. Not- seen enough of, of Doctor Who to be an expert but there I you. will say that I don't think that Chris Barry has quite the eccentric personality. Get out. Oh, he could pull it out. No, we, 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 yeah. I can do this all day, Rosie. Well, then you can well, do actually it. you can't because it is about time for us to head on. <laughs> So, uh, thanks to all of our guests. Thank you, Rosie and Nutty oh, and Tech. Uh, you guys need to plug your stuff. Oh my goodness, we didn't do the plugs at the beginning. I'm so sorry. Please <gasps> plug okay. Fuck your things. Where can you find us? You can find pretty much all of the links for the various podcasts that you'll find me on, like the Nutty Bites podcast, Beyond the Wall, Ooh. Epic, Run for Your Life, and so forth, at nimlass.org. Org. And you can also find links to Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else I am. Tech? Hi, I'm Tech. I write about Mars and physics and all kinds of things, and you can find most of my things on uh, nimlast.org or chsrfm.ca. There you go. He also steampunk as well. Uh, I'm interested yes. in that. I need, to, I need to get into that. Well, I need to learn about it more. Steampunk is awesome. Throw me a message. We'll talk. Okay. Rosie, where can we find... Well, no, See, I want to do real-life steampunk. I want to tote around a two-ton boiler to run my iPhone, and it will be awesome. Send me a message. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, are you going to plug the uh, About the Night Bus? Yes. Okay. I will just plug it by saying it's called Aboard the Night Bus. <laughs> <laughs> or, if you're trying to do an American accent, it's Aboard the Night Bus. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, sh- shut your face for a second. Because <laughs> if you want me to piss you off, I will. Aboard the Night Bus. Is that the Swedish chef tech- version? That's <laughs> the IKEA flat pack version. Tech did give me some good advice. That's true. Through messy, yeah. To grit your teeth, so mm. a bird, a bird. <laughs> no, 
Just say it, Rosie. It's, it's don't listen to them. Go for it. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yes. Welcome to Abort the Knife Bus. Not bad. Welcome yeah. to Dublin. <laughs> a fun and light-hearted look at the Harry Potter books. Chapter by chapter. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was actually all right. Yeah, it, it got better as it went on. It's shaping up. It's shaping up. It's Scottish to me. It's, but, yeah, but well, now it's, now it's like a, a, a second generation Scots American. So, you know, I don't know like where you're getting Scottish from. You people are crazy. That's like awesome. A bird. A bird. A bird. No, I can't do it. Exactly. You can shut up. That was the very first time I've ever even attempted it. I heard, Next up, a two-hour episode of us teaching Paul how to say welcome to aboard the night bus. Yes. yes. <laughs> All the. All the. <laughs> no, it's teaching me American, not take the piss out of my Yorkshire accent. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, if your people accent, take the piss out of me, then I am. Both of your accents are awesome. <laughs> uh, and Rose is never a jolly. <laughs> All right, well, never mind about that. Yes, we we are hitting two hours. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, we're we, finishing. we need to, to close this out. Thank you for listening and bearing with us all this time. Uh, join us for the upcoming spoiler cast and something about... Cast Meg, what's Meg? Yeah. I don't know what that is. You'll, uh, you will do. And am, am I supposed to be on it? Yep. Oh, okay. Angela. Oh, maybe, maybe send us a note about what we're going to be doing then. And I'll, leave Shane, I'll leave that to Shane when he's back. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, listen to the commentary. Yeah. Commentary. Oh, oh, remember, when when you know it's the bit with Holly, earplugs. <laughs> does, oh, does Heath sing through the commentary? No. I don't remember. He raps, not sings. <laughs> oh, okay. He, he always sings. He's like, um, the, he's, he's like the next coming of Jay-Z. Uh, hey. Don't say that kind of stuff, man. That's not nice. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. Thank you all. And we will see you next week. Well, in a few weeks after some various special episodes. Bye.